Greetings. We are on the news line now with Irshad Manji, a well-known author and educator and has really just more than dipped her toe into the culture wars around here and uh, is uh, one of the first recipients of the Hutzpah Awards that you've heard about from Oprah Winfrey. Uh, has a best-selling book that relates to an actual conversation with her dog. I have cats at my house that speak to me all the time. In fact, they know more four-letter words than I do. But... Uh, <laughs> Uh, she is on the news line now, and uh, w- hopefully with the same kind of honesty that Millie brought to the conversation in the book, and uh, we're going to talk about Moral Courage College. So, Irshad, thank you so much for calling in. Oh, it's my pleasure, and you're absolutely right. Uh, Lily, my now late dog, um, was feisty and sassy and I must say, she, um, you know, she, she didn't take a chip off the old block. She was the old block. I learned so much more from her than, than she did from me. Explain the setup. What happened? Now we are now we're talking about uh, the dog that is featured <laughs> and who speaks in the book. Don't label me. How to do diversity without inflaming culture wars? New York Times best-selling book. Uh, Lily comes into your life. How? Oh well. A good friend of mine um, knew that I was experiencing a serious uh, health crisis, and she said to me, Irshad, I know you're Muslim, and I know that, you know, generally speaking, uh, Muslims are raised with a fear of dogs, but you really have to understand the healing power of our canine companions. And she encouraged me to adopt what I thought was the most docile and submissive uh, dog I could find, namely Lily, docile and submissive because Lily was a senior and she was blind. Well, it turns out, Mark, that those were only labels. Sure, she was old and blind, but Lily was also fiercely independent-minded. And Lily really showed me that um, we can't really know somebody based on the labels that we give them or even that they take for themselves. There's so much more to each of us than uh, the labels we put on each other these days. And that's why um, in getting to know not just Lily, but in being able to, uh, and obviously this is an imaginary conversation, but I can imagine Lily being a great participant in a really honest conversation about Uh, all of the issues that are tearing us apart as a country, uh, in getting to understand these issues through Lily's eyes, I decided, you know, if I'm going to write a book about the need for honest conversations, I'm going to turn that book into an honest conversation with the creature who taught me we are all so much more than our labels. And that is Lily Bean. What could we see if we could see like Lily does? At one point, I imagined Lily telling me, Mama, I know you think I'm just a dog and that you have power over me, but let me ask you this, Mama, she says to me in the book. When we go out for a walk, who picks up whose poop? And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's exactly right, Lily. I'm the one who picks up your poop. And she's like, mm-hmm. So, Mama, it may be true that in many cases you have more power than me, but don't you reduce me to some creature who is powerless. I may be old, I may be blind, but I am decisive, and I can sniff my way through this world, 
and I want you to understand that I have agency too. And that is a big part of the lesson that readers of the book will take away. That, you know, we live in a time when we throw these labels onto each other in order to signal who has power and who is powerless. But the reality is that, you know, power is not static. It is situational. And so we've got to not reduce one another, um, you know, to victim and victor, but rather elevate each other to recognize that all of us have choices, and therefore we use those voices people to hear here. Expound on that, this idea that moral courage is called for at this time. Yeah, so, you know, there is a very simplistic definition of moral courage out there in popular culture. Pop culture defines moral courage as speaking truth to power. But the reason it's simplistic is that pop culture also pushes a story that uh, you and I don't have any power. The power is in the system. And, you know, people on the left and people on the right see the system differently, but think of themselves as powerless today. Well, moral courage actually recognizes that each of us has power, meaning that uh, we're all born with a part of the brain um, that is able to manipulate us into feeling defensive, into feeling stressed out, and even fearful whenever we encounter differences. And that includes differences of viewpoint, differences of opinion. So that, you know, if I hear you say something, Mark, that uh, triggers me or in some way challenges what I believe, that primitive part of my brain will think that I'm actually being attacked and will, you know, then manipulate me into fighting back. That is not constructive. If I'm going to motivate you, Mark, to hear where I'm coming from, I've got to lead in the listening department. So I've got to learn to actually ask you sincere questions like, huh, what do you think I might be missing about where you're coming from? Or um, have you had experiences, Mark, personal experiences that lead you to, you know, believe what you believe? And by engaging you this way, I'm bringing down the emotional defenses that your own ego brain puts up. And I'm now motivating you to hear from me as well. So moral courage today means more than speaking truth to power. It means speaking truth to the power of our ego even as we speak truth to powers out there. We've got to recognize that we have agency, just as Lily, my dog, had the agency to teach me stuff that I had no clue I needed to learn. You're going to be coming to Susquehanna University on Monday, February 27th. It's the Alice Pope Shade Lecture. Tell us about your talk. It's called Taboo Questions About Identity, How to Discuss Faith, Justice, and Politics Without Melting Down. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly right. And far from it being merely a talk, actually what it's going to be is a conversation. For the first time in the history of the Alice Pope Shade Lecture, we're going to have uh, three students and myself up on stage. I will not know the questions that they have for me, and they won't know the questions that I have for them. And we're going to be engaging in a, in a conversation exactly about identity, 
uh, I'm inviting them to ask me the most provocative questions that they can imagine that they're busting, burning to ask. If only they knew they wouldn't be canceled for asking such questions. And I'll be doing the same with them. So in that way, this is going to be a spontaneous, unscripted experiment on stage. And of course, the audience will play a big role because after we finish having our conversation, the students and I, we're going to be turning it over to the audience to ask their most honest questions about faith, justice, and politics. And um, in the process, I hope I'll be teaching a few uh, of the folks in the auditorium how not to melt down uh, and how to uh, really hear one another out. It doesn't mean we have to agree. It just means that we have to learn how to respect one another so that we can motivate one another to hear where we're coming from. If a person in our society today was acting justly, how would you know? What would be the signs? Just behavior makes people reduce or lower their emotional defenses so that we can all think more clearly about the common problems that we face and the situations that we're in. Emotion is a wonderful thing when it is joy and grace and empathy. But too often, emotions are very, very negative, and they actually cloud what's really going on in front of us. So that's why we've got to learn to, you know, um, uh, sort of uh, meld, if you will, or merge thinking and feeling at the same time. And how will we know when somebody is acting justly or acting respectfully? One of the ways we know is that they're sincerely interested in hearing where we are coming from. So Mark, if you said something that frankly offended me, I would be treating you with respect when I ask you, um, hey, uh, tell me where that's coming from. Like maybe there's a backstory or a context for what you just said. Um, tell me more. And that way, I'm still you know, hearing you out I'm giving you a chance to explain something that I would have been either offended by or confused about. And I don't have to agree with what you're saying, but I do have to understand why you say what you say so that when I'm ready to tell you how I feel about it, you will be uh, more motivated to see where I am coming from. You see, again, none of this is about being merely nice. It's about um, uh, helping one another uh, appreciate that where we're coming from uh, has context to it. And that way, we can accept one another, we can respect one another without having to agree all the time. Notice then that that means we can both stand our ground and create common ground at the same time. That is the sweet spot, and that is what requires moral courage. Well, I'd have to say, Urshad, this is your time. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we're on the brink, I would have to think, and um, uh, you are here to tell us how to, uh, you know, to actually listen to people and respect people. Yep, without having to agree with people. That's the beauty. Nobody is asking anybody 
to compromise or dilute their convictions and values. And when, you know, folks attend the, um, the Alice Pope Shade conversation, not lecture, but conversation on February 27th at Susquehanna University, they're going to see that there are certain skills that they can take away from that experience and even apply at home. So I think there's something in this for everyone. We're terribly divided these days politically and uh, culturally. Are we in trouble? We're in trouble if we believe that it has to be this way. And we're in trouble when we point fingers and expect only the so-called other side to change. Here's the beauty, and here's the great responsibility that we all have. If we want others to change, we have to lead by example. So when we transform ourselves, we actually wind up transforming our society. It really does start with us. And that's why this is good news. We all know if we're part of a family, you can't control other people. The only person you can control is you. And that's what makes the moral courage method of communicating across divides eminently doable. Why should I attend this conversation next week? Well, if you have a point of view that you feel is not heard enough or not understood enough, then you have an enlightened self-interest in being part of this um, event um, on February the 27th because you will learn one or more skills that you can apply to your own life and get much healthier outcomes from the conversations that you do have. Um, So if you're someone who wants more respect, not just in your society, but also towards you, come next week to the lecture and you'll walk away with something very practical to do. Anything else you would like to tell us in this short time that we have allocated uh, this morning? Well, I think there's going to be a serious entertainment factor here uh, in, this, uh, in, in this experience on February 27th because, you know, it's going to be spontaneous, uh, meaning that the conversation on stage uh, will not be scripted. Uh, so I'm sure the students will be taken aback by some of what I have to say and I'll probably be stumped by some of what they have to say. And that's called life. Um, You know, there are lots of things in this world we can't control, and each other (laughs) is among them. (laughs) So if if you want to learn, you know, how to, uh, in the words of Bruce Lee, the martial arts icon, if you want to learn how to be like water, if you want to get to where you need to go, recognizing that there are obstacles in your path, and you've got to wash over the obstacles, glide around the obstacles, seep through the obstacles, and not merely crash against the obstacles. If you want to fill your toolkit with all kinds of ways of getting to where you want to be, you're going to want to be at this, at this event on February 27th at 7.30 p.m. at Susquehanna University. And I so look forward to seeing people there.